This is the Transformation Bros Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jason and Nathan. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 16. It's great to have you in here. I'm toiling the soil and working hard as my brother lazes around oh. on holiday in Queenstown. I don't believe week. that for a minute. I don't think I've ever seen you toil soil. Bro, I'm, I'm toiling. <laughs> <laughs> You're toiling. <laughs> I'm, I'm at it toiling. I'm yeah, I, oh, I'm well, toiling. Well the, I'm toiling the transformational fields of life. To- the more you say toiling, the sillier that word sounds. Actually, when I, <laughs> but I'm on holiday, bro. Thank That's you. That's classic. Thank That's you. the classic thing that someone that doesn't toil would say. Yeah, yeah. Now I've done lots of toiling in my time, <laughs> um, but not this week. I'm on holiday with my boys, having a great time. It's in the lovely Queenstown. It snowed the last couple of nights, just on the mountains, which has been so beautiful and it's busy down here yeah it's it's school holidays i guess so it's really good it's good because post-covid things have been a bit uh rough down there yeah that's right yeah i'm not going to embarrass you by asking what you've been toiling about (laughs) maybe we'll maybe we'll leave that i've been i've I've also been tilling the fields oh tilling yeah so i've been toiling and tilling uh that's cool last time you on the last episode you were just heading away on holiday or you were putting the boys on a flight um, and you oh, said yeah. that you had a bit of a explosion. And I don't know if you guys can relate to this where, um, you know, everything's you're on your last nerve and yeah. everything's <laughs> you've got nothing left to give. And then your kids just do that one little thing that just causes the whole thing to erupt. Yeah, that's right. And I think there's extra sort of pressure around holidays. Maybe parents, I'm sure they can relate to this where, now the routine's changed. These blinking children are all hanging around at your feet um, as much as we love them, obviously, but it is, it's just a different time. The routine's kind of blown out and we've got to like make shift and change in real time. So yeah, I really lost my shit. I think I said that in the last episode. Mm. And uh, so when I got down here, the boys have been down here for four days with their mum, and they've had an amazing time. And I I got to drive down, so plenty of alone time. Loved that. Did you listen to any podcasts or anything? I listened to our podcast. (laughs) I I, I can't lie. I was like, I should check this out. Yeah, (laughs) I should see what these are about. But anyway, maybe I only listened to a little bit. Um, But, yeah, got the boys in the car, picked them up, and the first thing, uh, my middle child of this three group of children (laughs) uh, said to me, look, Dad, yeah, just get the order right. I just want to say I'm sorry. Can I say that I'm sorry and then we just forget about it? And I was like, absolutely. I said, look, I want to apologize as well. Uh, I was actually had had a bad day that day. I was very grumpy and frustrated. And when I got into the house that, that evening, that's when it all kind of uh, blew up. Yeah, so... It's just that point, like you said, which I think parents can relate to when there's just a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of things, and then bang, there's just that one thing. Uh, Because it was all about his shoes, him wearing shoes. Uh, So, yeah, just really um, blew up for no reason. But it was just me being me. And I think it was in response to um, a question that we had about how do you know when you're doing things right? Mm, With your kids. And you just don't. You just don't. Occasionally, we're going to mess it up, you know, maybe a lot, maybe a little, and we're all human, and I think that's okay too. I think the most important thing is saying, 
you know, like apologising or re resetting the boundaries or resetting um, the position with everybody. So, you know, because the love's not lost. And I, I always emphasise this with my children. Look, if I'm ever angry, even if I'm frustrated, maybe I'm not going to like you one day, but it never, ever is going to be that I don't love you because it's impossible not to love you. And I said to them, could you, you know, if I did something really bad, could you not love me? And they're like, no, no way. We will always love you, Dad. I was like, well, that's exactly how I am with you guys. Yeah. It's amazing. I think it's a testament to your parenting as well that he made the first move in apologizing. Uh, I just mm. can't remember if I, I think I touched on this when you brought this up last time. Like in my family, it was like when there was a big blowout and a big argument, nothing was mentioned. It was almost like it didn't happen again. Like it, and sorry, like it never happened. And so the next day yeah. it was very odd. It was almost like we had to pretend like nothing had happened. So the fact that he felt like he could come to you, bring it up, say, hey, can I just apologize and we just move on? It's like that level of communication must have, he must have learned that from somewhere. Yeah, I, I would like to think so. Yeah, it's hard to know, but you're right. I think it's, we, as long as we're open and genuine and honest, <laughs> it seems so simple, right? But I think that's probably what I model for the children. Well, that um, doesn't feel like to me there was any stubbornness there either. Yeah, from my most stubborn child, as you know, as well. Yeah. So, who models yeah. you? You said he triggers that part of you where you're stubborn, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said to him, <laughs> do you know why we always butt heads? It's because we're so uh, similar. We're so the same. Yeah. And he, re- he really got it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good acknowledgement for our children just to own our own shit. Yeah. Thanks. Because I could see that. that. Yeah. Great. It's really helpful for everyone to hear that you talk like that too and talk about it because it's so hard parenting. I obviously don't know firsthand but i talk to a lot of parents and it just seems so challenging all the time but yeah i can see that because i know what from what you told me he was feeling like he didn't want you to tell him what to do and tell him off and you know yeah and you're like that like you you hate having you hate having a boss you never want to be met like that's why you got into (laughs) business because you don't want anyone to tell you what to do and dictate your time and everything Oh, hundred percent. And, you know, like I think I truly believe we've talked about this before that everything in life is a mirror, but when it comes to your children or your family, it doesn't get any more oh, um, in your face mirror. than that. And I learned to love the mirror. That'd be the one thing, you know, since I've learned that it's helped me so much to learn to love that mirror and go, Oh my God, I'm so effing triggered right now. What is it in me that I'm, that I can't be with? It's so helpful. Yeah, but it's, uh, for me, this is real awful. I, I don't like the mirror one. If I, I find it so <laughs> triggering. It's taken me a long time to get used to it. But um, the the way you can use the mirror is by when you're triggered by someone else or when you're judging or you're like, oh, God, I just can't stand when people do X, Y, Z. There's yeah. something there for you that you can't be within yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are that thing that you hate. Uh, but it, just the fact that you can't be with it, it might be something that you don't love about yourself, that you don't tolerate about yourself. So people say like, oh, I just can't stand people that are late. And so the mirror might not be, well, you're always late. That could be the mirror. The mirror could be that you're always late and you hate that part about yourself. But it also may be that you just have no flexibility in your life. You have no no, there's no room for any kind of humanity or any mistakes or anything. 
And so you've actually completely eliminated being late or ever making any mistakes because you just cannot be with imperfection. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so the mirror right. is to look at that and go, huh, you know, what's that about? Why can't I be with imperfection? Why do I have this strong visceral reaction to this thing? Yeah, good point. And the more we look at the mirror and actually try to um, follow the vein of it, because like you say, it's not always a direct reflection, but the more we do it, I for, for myself, I don't have to look far. <laughs> I find that quite easy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. Like I, a big one for me was around arrogance. Like I've, in my life, I've always thought people that were arrogant were so obnoxious. I was like, God, you're so arrogant. Like what an ass. And then when I learned about the mirror, I was like, oh, oh, no. And it wasn't, I don't think it was that I was particularly arrogant, but I'm sure I have been and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, I don't see myself as I was, but it was like, I think the reflection for me was like, how can that person be so sure of themselves? What the hell is that all about? And I think the reflection for me was I was never really sure of myself. Mm-hmm. Like I never, I couldn't really trust myself in that kind of way and did you yeah, did so you not it, like that about yourself is that how you'd say it yes i would say so yes because it was my people pleasing and not wanting to um look arrogant yeah, yeah. so like um smarming my way around it's so disgusting i'm yeah. so embarrassed to talk about it honestly but it's like um it's like when you ask someone for something you know you really, really want it, but you don't ask in a way that, <laughs> that they're going to just give it to you. You kind of ask in a way that makes them feel almost guilty to give it oh, to you. Man. It's like it's sort of, yeah, it's really disgusting. This is nice guy, good girl behavior. And I'm I'm actually super excited for the next episode because we're going to spend the whole episode yeah. talking about this. And I can't wait because it's one of my favorite topics. Yeah, I'm a professional, an ex-professional. Yeah, an ex. Topic. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Oh, I, so. I still see moments of it and I still have to like figure out different ways to recover from it oh me too absolutely yeah well that's good bro thanks for that yeah the mirror the mirror is a good reminder actually about the mirror too (laughs) Mm. yeah handy what's been going on for you well i have been feeling a little bit lost i don't know if you guys have ever felt that feeling where you're just sort of a bit lost you don't really know where you're going or what's happening or what the next step is. And it's not like I don't feel cosmically lost or um, existentially lost. I sort of, I still am happy with my purpose and my life and all of that. But it just in this moment, I'm a little bit like, oh. And I noticed like, I, you know, there's this guy I've been dating and we went away for the weekend. It was really lovely, but it kind of left me with a few questions, as is the case mm. when you're starting dating someone. You kind of you're in that phase where it's like, are we? Aren't we? Is it? Isn't he? Is he? Is she? <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah I, it's you know, I just I it, I've come to a sort of an impasse where I don't really know um, know where we're at. And oftentimes, when one part of my life is a bit stuck, my whole life feels a bit stuck. Mm. So I, mm. it's because. I'm a, I'm a confidence player, as they say in sport, you know? Um, and when I kind of feel a bit rattled or unconfident in one area, it kind of stalls everything for a little bit. I kind of start right. to lose a bit of trust in myself um, or just go, what am I doing? You know, what am I even doing here? So I spoke to one of my coaches uh, this morning and she's a real go-to, particularly when I'm feeling stuck. She's the person I talk to when I'm kind of need a little bit of clarity. 
Nice. Yeah. And wow, it was a really impactful conversation. You might have to kind of help me unpack it because it was it was so big, but um sure. Yeah. I'll just kind of I'm in no particular order it was a long conversation and anyone that's been involved in any coaching knows that you, you meander and go in 20 different directions when you have a coaching conversation so one of the things that stuck out she said like you're naturally very intuitive and you rely on your intuition for most things and I sort of know this but you know how you know something but you don't really know it you know something but someone says something a different way and then you know it even more about yourself. Yeah. It was one of those moments yeah, like, that. yeah, I know I'm intuitive, mm. but now I really, I was like, oh yeah, I'm so intuitive in my coaching. I, I, I'm at a stage in my coaching where I trust myself so much with what I'm feeling yeah. and what's going on for me. And I've practiced trusting it. That's how I've built that intuition. And yeah, I want to do some mansplaining here too. Go for it. Intuition. A couple of years, nice change. Ago, probably two or three. Yeah, two or three years ago, I actually didn't really think I was intuitive, and I think a lot of guys possibly don't oh, think yeah. that they have intuition. And we know that women are um, over endowed with it, probably. But uh, yeah, it feels like it, was my, it is a feminine trait. Yeah. Right. Yes. Thank you. And so. I always thought it was my gut feeling or I could kind of tell when something was off or I didn't, you know, things didn't feel right, but actually that's our intuition. So guys, if you're out there, that's a muscle that can be used um, and um, strengthened. Yeah. yeah. And for, for you, it may be that it's the feminine part in a man that's feeling the intuition. And my coach made the good point this morning. She said like even millionaires and billionaires, they still trust their gut when it comes to deals. If you talk to anyone that's yeah. made a lot of money, they still won't do the deal unless it's they feel it feels right in their gut, and that they yeah. they hone that because oh, intuition's so good. It's amazing. I, I've learned a little bit about intuition, but how I understand it is that it's basically the culmination of all your life's decisions, mm. good and bad, that have worked and haven't worked. Mm. And so, while it might take you three weeks to analyze a decision, your your intuition is going through the entire filing cabinet like a supercomputer feeling yeah. into what's happening in front of you and giving you a feeling good bad yes yeah. no oh, it's it. so much faster than analysis yeah and so good when you learn to trust it it's like because it's you it's your intuition yeah. it knows you yeah. yeah yeah i love it and then keeping us out of our head right because that's where the monkey brain the monkey mind is and all that chatter well, and all the pros and cons and blah 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 funny you Carry should say so she said to me today like you Intuition is your one other place I'll just say is that when building this house, I haven't chosen any contractor to work with me that I haven't felt good about intuitively. Oh, uh, yeah, I've loved that. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's hard sometimes because it's like maybe you have to go with the person that's a little bit more expensive to follow that, or you just yeah. have to say no. You know, like there's been times where I haven't found anyone that fits it, and I'm like, oh, damn, now what do I do? Do I just choose someone that's doesn't feel good and that always comes back to bite me but um yeah so i just what she said about me being really intuitive was i i, I got it and i use that tool but she said what happens when you get really busy or overwhelmed which you guys know i've been dealing with a lot as part of my perfection pattern is you become really analytical 
So you move out of your intuition and you think that, oh, geez, I'm super busy. I'm super overwhelmed. I need to like really look at this and why am I doing this and what's the purpose and, and write a to-do list and, and get everything done. And do, I start to just super analyze in my head. Oh, man, I'm getting tired just listening to I you. I know. I have that effect on me, actually. <laughs> um, but it's because it's, it's I relate to it. Yeah. Here's a really specific example. To see if you guys can follow me here. When I have a full calendar, so when I'm, I've got a lot going on, the best way for me is just to schedule everything, you know, and have all the calendar yeah. filled up. But what happens is I'll get into two or three days into a busy week and I'll be like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just be like, I'm just, I just go from appointment to appointment to call to this to what's the point of any of it? And that's wow. what she was saying. That's the that's the analytical part, because the intuition has taken me to have all those things to put all those. They're all things yeah. I want to do, but my analytical brain takes over and goes, "This isn't fun. This scheduling and this moment to moment. What what's going on? Let's analyze what's happening here." And she's like, "No, that's the wrong tool. You're using the wrong tool in that moment. What you yeah, actually have point. to feel into is like, oh, I trust that everything on my calendar." is part of a bigger picture that maybe I'm not yeah. intuiting right in this moment, but I'm going to find a way to just be, have lots of fun, be really playful, use my intuition moment by moment throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. So good. That was really insightful for me. Cause yeah. I, I just, well, especially because you have that thing where you get mid week and you're like, what am I doing? So it's kind of, yeah. And it's, I think I lose yeah. the trust that, I'm doing the right thing. Like I said, actually at the start of this, that's right. why I was talking to her because I felt a bit lost. And it's the an analytical part of my brain that's having me feel lost because it's not really. Yeah. But the intuitive part's like, we're good. Life's good. We're aligned. We're cool. You're good. Yeah. You know, like. We stuck it on the calendar. Yeah, we stuck we it on the that. calendar. Find a way to enjoy it today. Yeah. Each piece yeah, of the puzzle isn't going to feel super exciting and fun. You have to actually yeah. generate that excitement and fun sometimes. You've and, got a thing around excitement and fun too, you know, where it can be a bit sort of boring or mechanical. Yep. Yeah. And I've often not taken responsibility for creating that. Mm. I'll, I'll go, well, this isn't fun. And I'm going to go and do something that's fun as if it's the thing that's fun. Right. So instead of, and this is part of the, the little insight that I had this morning, was, gosh, I really need to have a breakthrough in generating fun mm. when I need to. You don't want to be generating fun all the time. You know, that's probably something off. But I need to actually have a breakthrough yeah. in finding ways to generate excitement, fun, playfulness in the moments when it's not necessarily feeling natural. Yeah. I know what I do. I mean, I, not to. Nobody asks. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got that. That's why I tried to respect it. Uh, but anyway. It's fun. Um, you you got to do a podcast yeah. with your brother. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I highly recommend it. Bully each other. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> the gratitude, the daily gratitude. I was just writing in my journal today about how much the daily gratitude affects my life, like how much it sets me in the, at the beginning of the day, just, mm. you know, I just have this gratitude process that I say in the shower every day. Um, that's an image that you won't get out of your head, unfortunately. Sorry about that. 
but it is that that's what are you going to share it with us or is it too personal no 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 i wouldn't do that to you that's pretty (laughs) cruel okay but um yeah just i have this mantra and then i just go through uh my work day how grateful i am for all of the business that we get and all the people that we help and i go through each of my children and how amazing they are and what they're, they're following their life's purpose and they're doing what you know and i just have all this gratitude and it just yeah, I don't know if that's relative to what you're talking about, but that is because that um, you're practicing generating because that doesn't happen just naturally. You have yeah. to generate something. That's a good feeling too. Like when you sometimes I don't want to do a gratitude practice, and then five minutes into it, I'm like, oh god, I feel so good. Yeah, and that's the whole point. There's no point in um, just um, speaking off a whole lot of words. It's that's not what a gratitude practice is. It must be felt in the body. And that's uh, something I learned a few years ago that's really helped me. I can be in gratitude and then be going through things and actually fall. I can feel if I fall out of it from my chest or my body. So I like get back in and the easy one for me, because how do you do that? You've got to find something that you're absolutely super grateful for. It could be your partner. For me, it's my children in this moment. So I think about my children and I can feel it. It's even putting a smile on my face right now. It's just that instant. So whatever puts a smile on your face and then you kind of soften into that in your body, sort of anchor yourself in that gratitude. And then you create, you think, or what I did is I then think of what I would want, how I want things, because the universe, as we know, it um, matches our vibration. So when I'm in a vibration of gratitude, it gives me more things to be grateful for. It's like a, it's the opposite of a vicious cycle. It's a gratitude cycle. Mm. yeah that's what i do yeah i love that i love that i'm so passionate about gratitude Mm. i'm so grateful for it (laughs) i just i love that (laughs) was that a dad joke that was dead i think it was a dad joke it was dad joke 101 yeah 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 i i love it and i love i just love the power of how creating that practice it it gets you in the good feeling that then generates more of that thing and more of that feeling. That's that's exactly right. And I think the thing to point out here is like it doesn't mean annoying, frustrating, possibly bad things are going to happen to me during the day, but it just I just don't react to them in a way that's detrimental. I have that sort of gratitude foundation, and when something bad happens, I, I actually look at it. I sort of pick it up and I turn it around and I go, okay, well, this is bad. So what are we going to do? Let's have a look at this. Who can who can we get to help? What does this person need? What does that person need? Hmm. I reckon it can't be overstated. The yeah. gratitude practice very transformative. Jason and Nathan. So the other thing I uh, was talking to my coach about this morning that she brought up is that um, she said like you really try to hide your intelligence and you really try to hide. Mm. Um, it's real. This is really. This is hard. Like, oh, was it wasn't hard to hear, but it was. This is it's just a big one. It was a big one for me. And she was talking about how, um, it's sort of part of a bigger thing with me. Like a childhood story I have is that I was given everything. I was a spoilt kid, and I should feel guilty about that, and I should um, be super humble, and I should give away lots of stuff because I've had it so much better than everybody else. And so 
Mm. I've got this weird context where I try to hide anytime I feel like I'm better than other people. Mm. And maybe it's not like better than other people, but maybe it's, it's not even a comparison, I suppose, but it's like when I'm feeling super fortunate, fortunate when I, yeah. And it's, it's one thing that really keeps me small. And I think you might relate to this. Like we, we often just keep ourselves small in life in lots of different ways. Mm. We keep ourselves small. Mm. And for me, it's kind of meant like my business sort of has plateaued at a certain level. And when I dig a little bit deeper down, it's like, it's because I don't want it to get too big. So I'm too successful and nobody likes me anymore. And it's the same thing she was pointing out. She's like, you kind of hide your intelligence and, like for me, when I was at primary school, I was like the class clown. Um, and the class clown is a way of kind of going, I'm not taking any of this too seriously. Look at me. I'm just a big joker. Ha ha ha. You guys take this all so seriously. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't. I find this all a big joke. But what was underneath that is like, I, had, I think because I was relatively intelligent and had a lot of potential. I felt a lot of pressure to be mm. someone and to grow up to mm. become something. And I could not be with that pressure. And so the way I dealt with that is I became the class clown and just pretended like I didn't care. And it was all a big joke and <laughs> I'm just the casual guy and da da da. But the truth is I just really couldn't be with my own greatness. Yeah. Wow. It's too much to hold and too much pressure. Yeah, and there's something um, other people might relate as well to. It's it kind of leaves you out of the crowd. Leaves you know if you if you don't fit in, it's do you feel like it's tied around not fitting in as well? Yeah, or is it just the family story? No, it's it's definitely about that. Well, it's it comes from the family story, but I, <laughs> it's like nobody else is in on this joke. If you know what I mean, like this is my yeah. story, and so. Yeah. Another example would be like when I'm, you know, like I live a pretty good life. And if I'm around my friends that, I don't know, just work normal jobs or whatever, I try to pretend that things aren't going that well for me or like right. that it's really hard. And because I don't want them to feel bad about their life. Isn't this awful? Like now that I say it out loud, it's so crazy. But I try to minimize myself. And it's so, it's so, um, disrespectful to them and they're not even they might be embarrassed about my life. i don't know it's like it's it's a weird thing so i i don't want to i don't want to celebrate the fact that i'm doing really well and i'm making this money and i have lots of free time and i'm really happy because i i don't want to lose the connection with people i don't want to feel like i'm above people and then have people not connect with me and but it's all weird it's all so weird and false yeah it's got to be i'm sure people can relate because it's you know this whole tall poppy thing and not standing out not appearing better than anybody else it's pretty widespread it is and it's so, the, the thing i really yeah. got today is like it's inauthentic mm. and so mm. actually i am really intelligent and 
I do have a really great life and I am really successful. And it's kind of inauthentic to pretend otherwise. Now, I'm not mm. going to be super arrogant about it and that's going to another extreme, but to not even just celebrate and be in the truth of my life is really inauthentic. And so yeah. it often leaves people around me not really, my energy's all inauthentic. So it's hard for them to know who to be for me. So that creates right. the sense of disconnection and loneliness and separation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I wonder. And like the not celebrating, that's another big thing we've talked about quite a bit. Yeah. Um, that it kind of leaves, we're, we're real shit celebrators. <laughs> unless we're drunk or we're like having an actual party like but just in the moment when something good's going on or like so it's, i feel like it's twofold it's like we don't want to celebrate with other people um but also maybe they're uncomfortable with the celebration as well or do we just assume that they're uncomfortable with it i wonder where it sits with that it doesn't really matter what they're feeling it's what's mm. authentic and so if yeah. you're really happy about something and you want to celebrate it authentically because you feel really happy about it, it kind of trying to bend you to make people feel it's just so yeah, weird like and inauthentic. Mm. You know what yeah, I mean? That's what we do. Yeah. We're all weird. But it leaves us, um, well, I can only speak for me. First, it's got me plateaued because actually mm. I start to, subconsciously now keep myself at a lower level so mm. i start talking that way but then i subconsciously create it because i don't want everything to grow and explode and yeah so there's a couple of different things there there's like that story that i just said about not wanting to be better than people and be disconnected there's also feeling the pressure of the pressure of intelligence and success and not really wanting to be with that so being all class clowny and pretending i don't care um mm. uh yeah so really she she sort of said to me like where we left it was like you have to actually just be really clear to yourself first because 90 percent of this is actually i'm not honest with myself and yeah, therefore nice people don't know how to be with me because I don't know how to be with me. Mm. So where we left it was like, I really need to actually figure out who the fuck I am, where I'm going, what I want out of life, what I want out of mm. friendship, what I want out of my relationships and just be really clear and have good boundaries and good communication about that, about all those things. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, and every and we all should be doing that, I guess, in a way, getting really clear on those things for ourselves, if we're not already. Yeah, and then that comes back to the intuition. <laughs> what? Where does your Where does your intuition say you want to go? You know, and say what What do you want out of life, and what do you want out of relationships? Yeah, and maybe um, there's another saying like we people spend more time planning their annual vacation than they do planning their life actually writing down writing out what it is they want in what shape or form what they want to strive for yeah which is a fantastic thing to do 
Yeah. Kind of, hmm. But I, I mean, I didn't do that up until like five years ago. And you know how old I am. <laughs> so like I wasn't taught that at a young age, actually. And I guess I've always done that. I, I did my first vision when I was 10. I, I, I can't relate to wow. that one. <laughs> like I've always oh, wow. mapped out exactly how my life was going to look. All right, stick your hand up, people. Who who's known how to do a vision map and who hasn't? Yeah, I was we, such we, a we need to know the numbers. Weird kid with that kind of thing. I was right into that kind of stuff from a young age. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I found a little That's um fantastic. a little folder actually that had pictures of all the things I wanted and it had like a green BMW, had a picture of a seven four seven, had a picture of a huge house, and then there was a picture of Cindy Crawford playing golf. Oh, because fantastic. when I was 12, <laughs> I uh, loved golf. And the, the idea of having a wife that played golf just felt like next level. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen you've had a green BMW. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those things. <laughs> I know you've been flying. I got to fly the planes. I played golf. Planes. You played golf. Lived in nice Where's places. Cindy Crawford. Cindy, the, the Cindy She's dream. Too old for you anyway. The Cindy dream. She is actually a lot older than me. Hey, that's so funny. Yeah. But the Cindy yeah. dream fell away at twelve and a half. There you with go. Certain other yeah. revelations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I created a, a a map for life doing a life vision. We should put that on the in the Facebook group. That's a good so idea. Anyone wants to play with it? Yeah. Have a have a whirl. Yeah. Oh man. We'll do that. Yeah. Life visioning is huge, and giving yourself permission to to dream absolutely because the trick is not the how it's just a dream on mm. paper and don't worry about the how because the how is the monkey mind and that'll hold you up that that just spoils everything that's like pouring the how's that analysis it. isn't it yeah yeah Horrible. the visioning is the intuition trying to figure out yeah. how it's all going to happen and i don't know and i've never been able to do that that's the yeah the analytical mind yeah and leave room for the magic Write it down and just leave leave room. Oh, I this is always the thing. first thing I do with my clients. This is call number one, typically. Mm. And the thing I'll always say them to them is, don't look at it linearly. So, meaning a straight mm. line from when you are now. So, what people will do is they'll go, "Well, I earn a hundred grand now. So, in three years' time, I hope to earn a hundred and forty. So, yeah. they kind of paint a line between the two points rather than going. Mm. What actually do you want? How do you want your life to look? If you could paint it any way that you want, not from where you are today, not figuring out how to get from here to there, that's going to have you stumble. But just to go, man, if I had a blank sheet and I could click my fingers, how would I want it to be? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's transformation, right? As well as like quantum leaps, not linear. Exactly. Linear is old news. Old school style. It can be just in doing the vision, visioning exercise can be transformative. Yeah. Just allowing yourself to open up to new possibility can be transformative. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's really good. Like um, when I, I remember when I did my first one, I don't think I looked at it for like two years and half of the things have, had happened. I actually hadn't lived. Oh, yeah. It. Isn't that a cool so feeling? It is transformative. It is an amazing process. So it's time for a question from the audience. Go ahead. <laughs> so don't forget to write questions in the Facebook group if you have a question for us, and you can write them anonymously, which is fun. And this one's yeah, from Mark we this love week. From you guys. Always. And he said, is it possible to get addicted to the process of transformation as an end in itself? 
or try to do too much too quickly. So two questions there. Once you've identified some things you want to change about yourself, are you better to then focus on nailing the actions that will lead to a change in habits, which will eventually lead to a change in mindset before moving on to a new transformation project? Such a good question, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, can you get addicted to the process? Um, or can you try and do too much too quickly? So rather than just focus on one transformation and doing that to its completion and then the next one, you're trying to do transform everything all at once. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, did he say, can you do too many things at once? Was that part of the question? Too many transformations. Yeah. Yeah, at once. Right. Yeah. I mean, how I would... I actually hadn't thought about this before now, but anyway, what came to my mind through my intuition was when I started learning about transformation and uh, manifesting, because it's part of manifestation as well, is like what could I use in my life as an experiment? So I kind of started experimenting. uh, And one that comes to mind is I catch up with my brothers uh, once a week and we play pool. It is uh, man cave. He's got a pool room, which is awesome. Shout out to my brother, Chris and or our brother, Chris, bro. Shout out. Uh, but I, I was like, could I manifest and transform my pool playing? Cause I've never really been that into pool. And so I just started creating that. I was going to be, that I was really good at, that I, not that I was going to be, but that I was really, really good at pool. That was the possibility. And that was the possibility. And um, over over about two months, two or three months, and then slowly I started beating even my brother, which mm. is quite phenomenal because he's really, really good. And, yeah, so I don't know. if For me, I probably can't do more than one at a time. Mm. You know, I kind of pick an experiment or I pick something that I want to manifest or they want to create or transform. And then I just go, go with that. I, I think something that you and I believe very strongly is how you do anything is how you do everything. And generally a transformation, we're not usually looking at, we're usually looking at transforming your way of being. So that typically is going to have results across the board. So for me, um, you know, transforming, we talked about this last time, me transforming this fear of failure and perfection into, oh, how can I just enjoy the process and see everything as a learning process rather than Mm. having failure as this constant demon. So while I'm looking at that transformation, I'm going to have breakthroughs everywhere because it might be like, oh, I had this fear of my relationship failing. Now I can just see everything as a learning right over to over here. Oh, um, not wanting to run out of money could be a fear of failure, but now it's just like, oh, my money's going to go up and down. And as long as I learn something each time. So while I'm in that process of transforming that part of my life, it's, it's working across all parts of my life. Absolutely. So I think it would be challenging then to go, okay, now at the same time, I also want to have a transformation in um, how to be more disciplined, (laughs) you know, something like, having multiple transformations attempting you know attempting to do multiple on top of each other would be really challenging i think potentially the way mark's looking at it is more about in terms of change 
where you're like, okay, I want to wake up at 5 a.m. and I want to lose 10 kgs and I want to start learning the guitar and I've always wanted to learn uh, Mandarin, so I'm going to start doing night classes. <laughs> you know, this <laughs> overwhelm's going to come pretty quick. And it's also you're not there's not really any transformation, and that that's just no. trying to change everything. You know yeah, what I mean? Do more. Yeah, yeah. Do more. Get more. So it's a slightly different flavor because it's um. It's looking at the doing, the doing rather than the being. So I think transforming your being is definitely if you can just get really clear and focus on one thing at a time. You really need a coach for that. I think that's really challenging to do on your own. Um, yeah, I'd agree. Do you yeah. really need a coach to to speak to the first part of the question, which was, can you become addicted to this process? Absolutely. I think you can become yeah. addicted to anything. You can become addicted to carbonated water. You can become addicted to yoga, you know, whatever. Well, particularly stuff that works. You know, I think you can become addicted to something. I don't, I'm not sure addiction is the right word, but just something that you know works and then you can kind of get that uh, momentum behind it that creates more. That's right. Transforms more. You know, it's just... I'd have to say I feel in that a lot during the week. I kind of, that's my baseline is like, okay, rather than being reactive, it's being creative and creating that next thing. That's why I said like an experiment, what can, what's possible out of this at any given time? I think it's a, it is a way of being. Yeah. That's a, that's a shift. That's transforming how you're being. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that applies to everything. Yeah. And it's way easier. It's actually not hard work because I'm using my mind. Mm. I'm not using my physical body per se. Mm. I'm using my mind and then the world kind of moves around that. So do you think it's it is possible to be addicted to transformation? Like to be? Yeah, it's a good question because I love it. Is that and I know any addictions I've had like smoking and I would it'd be something that I really love. Mm. I remember, you know, no smoker ever wants to give up smoking cigarettes, you know, they're always like, Oh, I would quit, but I really, really like it. I don't know if it's the same, but like Yeah. And well it, an and addiction an addiction is something. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go. Well yeah, I was just gonna say an addiction is like um you know, like anything you do that sort of bypasses the real issue. So like we we go and get drunk because we are trying to feel connection and joy in our lives and we can't find a way to generate that authentically. So we go and get wasted and do drugs to try and induce that feeling. Yeah. So you can definitely, what I would say is, you know, there's, there's definitely like self-help addictions where these – there's never actually any transformation that occurs. So I, I I couldn't say that it was an addiction to transformation, but it's an addiction to self-help where you keep reading the book. And when you finish that book, you read the next book and then you read the next book and then you go to this seminar and then you watch this webinar and then you sign up to this person. And it's just a constant influx of information, but there's no yeah. fundamental transformation or shift happening underneath. I had a new client start with me a few months ago. And he was doing like eight or nine hours a day of webinars, different people's seminars, 
just constant oh, totally. everything yeah. and the first thing i did is banned all of it i said i want you to un- yeah. unsubscribe to every single email list you're on i want you to cancel everything you signed up to because you don't need more information information yes, is the opposite of of intuition yeah and information is not information is not going to create transformation that's right so that would be the nuance i would say you can get addicted to information and self-help yeah um but never I actually transform underneath yeah i definitely and it's more tips and tricks i was definitely um i remember i remember it very clearly being um a consumer of the work rather than a, an example of the work that was the that was the transformation for me yep. i was like bloody hell I'm not, I'm consuming, 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 but actually I'm not using it because it's, that's part of the addiction too, is that you can just keep consuming and it feels good. No responsibility. It feels good. You feel like you're doing the work, but you actually don't have to go outside your comfort zone and have a difficult conversation with someone or put yourself in a different situation or, you know, transform your relationship because you're scared of upsetting your partner or anything like that. You can just keep consuming. You, you know, tra- you, you know, you're in the transformation process when it's uncomfortable. And yeah. if you haven't been uncomfortable, that, or if you, you're not uncomfortable, then you probably aren't in the transformation process. Oh boy, that's a truth bomb. Yeah, uh, drop the mic. Tweet that out. <laughs> yeah, guys, thanks for um, joining us this week. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yep. And tune in again next week. Yeah, tune in on Friday for Please. some. Nice guy, good girl, chat. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. That was the Transformation Bros with Jason and Nathan. 